James Joyce's Ulysses is a work celebrated for its nuanced yet scorching interactions with religion, yet it appears that the critical voice of the Jew is painfully missing, especially on the Jesuit campus of Boston College. That silence ends now. Listen as Harold Koss discusses and reflects upon the great 20th century novel through the lens of his experiences as a Jewish American. Episode 8, Lestragonians. Lestragonians begins with Bloom encountering a group of Christian YMCA advocates who asks him if he believes that he is saved. It is interesting how they continually use the name Elijah instead of Christ, as this term evokes the fire and brimstone of Old Testament prophets, the prophets that Bloom likely believes in over the ones of the New Testament. Of course, Bloom disregards these proselytizers and considers the whole thing a racket. His opinion on the matter may relate entirely to his profession as an ad salesman, but I believe that Jews are no stranger to the idea of religious advocates preaching nonsense to make a quick buck. A very common sight in Jewish sections of cities or neighborhoods are little street stalls where you can complete the ritual of telephilin. This is where you take a leather strap that is connected to a prayer box and wrap it around your head and your arms. In doing this, people are said to submit to the will of God and bring themselves closer to him. Furthermore, it is supposed to help you to refrain from sinful acts or thoughts. Of course, you won't be able to do this ritual unless you make a hefty donation to the men who service the act. In Jerusalem, I had a man on the street come up to me and say, Excuse me, are you Jewish? I figured it was the nose. I instinctively said no, however, since I didn't feel like making a run to the ATM machine to bring myself closer to God. It's a paying game indeed. Bloom continues his skepticism of his Christian neighbors when silently thinking to himself about how Christian families can grow up to be 15 people. Laughing to himself, Bloom says, I'd like to see them do the black fast Yom Kippur. This is an interesting thought especially following his distrust of the evangelicals that recently passed him. Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the Jewish calendar, and Jews are primarily required to fast from dawn to dusk. While you can also attend synagogue or complete other acts of faith, it is the most important aspect of this ritual to not consume any food or drink for the entire day, so as to bring yourself closer to God through hunger. The fact that Bloom has this thought immediately following his consideration of the Christian proselytizers as scam artists is very telling. Jews aren't able to escape their religious duties through donations or religious shortcuts. They have to do the hard work of fasting and religious adherence in order to be in good standing with the big guy upstairs. No indulgences or saying of the rosary can get in the way of the hard work of religious devotion. Of course, this skepticism between religions is reciprocated towards Bloom. After Bloom leaves, Nosy Flynn and Davy Byrne discuss their suspicions that Mr. Bloom is a member of the Freemasons. They believe that this is why he has been given a leg up in the advertising business, and even that he may have extra information on who will win the Golden Cup horse race later that day. Nosy Flynn claims that he has a source who told him that Bloom is a Freemason, but I would be willing to chalk that assumption up to a run-of-the-mill anti-Semitism. Any action or level of success completed by a Jew in the early 20th century 
was usually seen with skepticism, as there was certainly not any way that a Jew could do something good or outstanding without the help of a secret international organization. It is interesting, though, since the two men even admit that Bloom is a generally nice guy. This shows the inherent irrationality of anti-Semitism, and how there is a disconnect between what you hear about a person and what that person is actually like. All of the episodes in this chapter suggest that interreligious suspicions were alive and well in 1904 between the Jews and the Catholics. Although slightly different, the same could be said of today. Thank you for listening to this episode. In the next installment, Scylla and Charybdis, a stuffy conversation, and something rotten this way comes. <laughs>